was the morning after Easter when the voicemail prompt stirred me awake. I saw who left the message, and I already knew what he wanted to tell me. My best friend was dead. On Sunday, after weeks out of the pulpit with heart problems, he decided to go and preach. In his morning message, he said God had spoken to him that morning. The end of all things is near. That afternoon, he died in his wife's arms. Now, two years later, I still feel that a part of me is missing. I've never missed someone so much. I'm Terry Hardica with Life Journeys today. There are times when you ask God why. What did I do? What should I do? But he doesn't answer the question at all. Instead, he comes and just blows the question right out of the water. So you don't even care because you've been swept away. Just like my friend, Pastor Dwight Ferry. It was without cause, the Bible says, that God allowed Satan to take everything away from him. Job awoke one day, just like any, and by the end of the day, his sons were dead. By week's end, his wealth was gone. By Monday, his body started wasting away with disease. His good religious friends stared in awe at how much he had lost. Then, it wasn't his disease, his grief, or his sudden poverty, but his friends who led him to sin by justifying himself instead of God. He became an accuser of his Lord with the reason we may say was his seemingly spotless life. Yet he was struck down hard. What follows is not the great truths his young friend used to accurately rebuke him with. God himself came down and answered him from the storm. Did you hear that, America? God spoke from a storm. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Folks, you're going to need this. Hear this question in the light of your human suffering, where you may either be mad at God or seeming, seemingly trying to justify yourself by finding how you can improve yourself, as if there is any human way to rise up to the glory of God. Is there a place where we can't figure out why we are suffering, so we force a conclusion as if it's our right or necessity to find an answer? Whatever be your heart's condition in this trial you now face, alongside of Job, so to speak, see God, see Him bringing Job to compare himself with his Maker. Therefore, really, where were you when God did this? Job, who stretched a measuring line across the earth? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, where were you? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? Just think about it. Get some better perspective here. 
That seems to be what God is saying. Just think about it and let the reality have its effect without you even wondering about, what am I getting at? Let me worry about that, God said. You just answer the questions I'm asking and let that work into your spirit. You'll quickly find out. It's not about knowing the answer, but it's about perspective. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed? Who asks this? Has it ever been considered in the lecture halls of man's most brilliant? We must bow in a moment of levity at the ridiculous heights to which we are being taken. And we ask, is this a trick question? God says, does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice? Consider it. Who would recline upon his throne and imagine how he would want the night sky to look when the stars shone their millions of lights and the aurora borealis would dance between the horizon and eternity and then he would arise and just create it? Who can do that? Really, people, in our afflictions, we're going to try to define him, understand him, argue with him, or distrust him? Really? We're going to truly say in our hearts, I don't know if God knows, cares, loves, is able, or can be trusted. Let God define himself here with Job. In the midst of your trial and your reasoning, just let him be who he is making himself to be upon the blank parchment of your own senses. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in a thicket? Who provides food for the raven when its young cry out to God? Now who but this God can enter the conversation about why there is war, famine, devils, and disease, and then just take you completely away as if their worst is as the remnants of a shooting star? Who can burst into the gallows of Auschwitz, call up the treacherous prison guards spitting out threats as children hang like docile silent ragdolls on a butcher's meat hook, no whimper coming from their dying bodies, and then in that setting he can carry his soul into a dimension beyond time and let him behold God blowing the wind from his lips and causing the clouds to flash and shake the mountains. So let the pain disappear as the morning mist and its confusion bend low before our God. Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch when the doe bears are fawn? Do you count the months till they bear? Do you give the horse its strength or clothe its neck with a flowing mane? It paws fiercely, rejoicing in its strength, and charges into the fray. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. Amidst the flesh of Job falling away, considering his options while his wealth can be held in one hand and his son's graves stare at his memories, the God who has complete charge of it all brings to the forefront something no doctor, judge, or counselor, or politician ever could. In the physician's lab, 
the judge's chamber, hear the unexpected. Hear God. The wild donkey runs free in the pastures of the wild. He laughs at the commotion in the town. The ostrich gleefully flaps its futile wings, yet is careless with her young. For so I granted her little wisdom. Here Job doesn't interrupt, neither wonders what answer this could be. All that Job has gone through is not about death or poverty or disease. Men's valleys in life are about how they walk through them, with eyes on God's glory or on vanity. Their eyes are upon the inexplicable creation of God if they listen, and he who designs it is brought to the forefront. Our place on earth can only be rightly comprehended upon the foundations of that majesty, which can never be explained or controlled. It proceeds from one realization. God is great. Nothing else will bring peace to the dilemma of life here. Suddenly, this is not one bit about how Job may have needed to defend himself, or what cry of unfairness comes from his lips, nor what he might consider about the pluses and minuses of his own resume. Face to face with the glorious Lord of the universe, he knows that in his greatest and best moments, Job could only grovel in the dust of his own unworthiness as he beholds the one who is existence. Our lives will never again be examined by our wealth, our healthy estate, or our family blessings, or the lack thereof. We will be weighed by our own measure of God Himself. Yet here is a little secret. You will one day be given all of the glory of the Lord as your very own inheritance. 